Welcome to the Social Ideas Podcast, brought to you by the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. This series looks through the lens of those striving for a better world. I'm Pam Mungru. Reach Ely is a three-year project aiming to help local communities make fuller use of their historic churches. Leading the project are Dr. Helen Hall, a senior lecturer in community enterprise, and research associate Dr. Timor Alexandrov, both of whom are from the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. Also part of the team is Geoffrey Hunter, and he's the head of the church buildings and pastoral department for the Diocese of Ely. I met with the team to find out more about their work, and I started the conversation by asking Geoffrey what challenges churches in smaller communities are facing. One of the biggest challenges the small communities face actually is in recognising the opportunity they have. Um, we've certainly looking at the, some of the case studies that have already been published. If you look at Bartlow and Carlton, I think they're two villages of just about 100 or 150 population. They're both being very entrepreneurial in the way that they engage with their community and use their building. Um, and I think in some ways, those much smaller communities, because there's more of a situation where everyone knows each other, um, and also because in many cases, the church building is the last publicly accessible building in that community, um, they in a way have an easier time of it than sort of medium-sized places where they have the memorial hall and the British Legion Hall um, and possibly a Methodist church as well. And then and then the, um, the Anglican church has to find where it fits in that context. And that's absolutely the key thing that every church needs to recognise where it fits in its own context. It's like a kind of marketing exercise. Um, and there's no point duplicating what's already offered. Um, but we do, I, I certainly do believe very strongly that church buildings often being the oldest, arguably most beautiful, certainly most culturally significant site in most of these places puts them in a really good position to find out what is their sort of USP um, for developing their relationship with their local community. Before we hear from Timo, perhaps I could just pick up on something that you, you just said. Quite often, villagers have a village hall. And the last thing that we want to find is that the, the church is competing with the village hall. The church has a very collaborative approach to finding the best way or ways of helping communities to identify opportunities for the assets that are in that village. Okay, just one of the uh, findings that I see when visiting all these beautiful rural places and uh, settings is that good thing is that there's general understanding that a change must be done with church buildings. And so many churches, uh, some struggle, some very successful in this, by providing some innovations, alterations, improvements to their buildings to meet their community needs. But sometimes they identify the needs, but they cannot recognize existing opportunities, as, Je as Jeffrey said. But also one of the positive aspects of this, when I was conducting a literature review for this project, we see that uh, existing reports and even academic papers, they point that there's a general understanding that churches are very important. For example, National Churches Trust Survey in 2015 pointed that about 83% of the British people they um, identified chapels, meeting houses, and especially church buildings is very important for the national heritage and British identity. identity. So perhaps one of the uh, key things of this project is to help churches to see and recognize existing opportunities. And especially maybe there's an opportunity for churches to even define 
why people should care. Because sometimes uh, one of the key questions I asked of my respondents that uh, do, do you think that your church communities really care about your buildings? And absolutely all of them said, yes, we are pretty much sure, because this is visible from what we see on weekdays, not only on Sundays. And perhaps Sunday figures are not the only indicators of the success of the church. So why do people care? Sometimes do they even know why they care? And maybe, as I said, churches need to help people to formulate this, to identify and link, uh, to reach out to their communities. And picking up on, on your point there, Timu, there have been frequent surveys of churches and how they look after their buildings and, and use, but those Prior research has tended to focus on asking those people who attend church. And what we're trying to do with Reach Ely is to go beyond those people that go to church and engage with the broader community. Just as Timo was saying about people have an attachment to churches even if they don't go to church. And the church is important to them. And what we're trying to find out is how we can create mechanisms for the broader community to be involved in making decisions about entrepreneurial uses, opportunities for how church buildings can be used. Yes, just just to add to what um, Helen was saying there about about the the people we're trying to reach here, we, we've called them the ninety seven percent because that is approximately roughly the number of people in the diocese of Ely who are not in those Sunday attendance figures, um, and it is worth noting that a number of big projects over the past sort of ten or twenty years have explicitly tried to reach beyond the existing church constituency, including some quite well-resourced projects, and they have all failed to do that. I think mainly because if you have someone from on high, be it nationally or regionally, who drops a leaflet through your door or sends you an email asking you how you feel about church buildings as a generic thing, it's not something many people feel they can respond to. Whereas if you're asked locally about what you think of the big stony thing in the middle of your village, it, that, that leaps over into a much more sort of personal understanding. And that's why we are looking at churches who have already done that successfully to find out how they've done it. And one of the key things we would really like to achieve in this project is to enable all of the churches in the diocese to undertake that exercise. So it's, it's getting in touch with the 97% at a local level. There have been, been a few investigations into churches in recent years, but well, the most recent was the Taylor Review, published by DCMS at the end of 2017. Um, and that was a review of the sustainability of, of English parish churches. And I think because we, we're so familiar with them, they just exist, um, and it's a little bit of a, the familiarity breeds contempt thing. I, we don't realise that, that in East Anglia we have one of the highest concentrations of medieval buildings in Europe, full stop. Every village in Norfolk, Suffolk, Cambridgeshire has a building whose origins quite probably go back a thousand years. And that actually is of worldwide significance as a cultural thing, our church buildings. And the Taylor Review looked into how they're going to continue to be sustained, particularly in the light of the fact that every other country in Europe, certainly Western Europe, subsidises its church buildings through public finances. And that hasn't been the case in England at all, really, since the 19th century. 
um, other than very specific grant programs. And they have been kept going by their worshipping communities. But there's this recognition, actually, if you've got 10 people in church on Sunday who are giving money for what they see as missional aims, they want to be sending their money to help build schools in Africa and give clean water in Bangladesh and things like that. They don't really want every bit of their money to be going into repairing what what they really see as a public asset. And so one of the outcomes of the Taylor Review was to decide that, okay, we're never going to have a publicly funded Church of England like you have in Germany, or indeed France, that very secular society. Nonetheless, all of their church buildings are publicly supported. But what we are going to be able to do is leverage that community interest, that that strong cultural association with church buildings that exists in all of these places. And and, and that's really what we're trying to do. Timo, how are you conducting this research? Well, we started um, by looking at the existing literature, secondary literature, what's going on in, in England, in the UK and nationally and also internationally, to see a variety of examples of church use, alternative church building use. And, uh, of course, we, call, we can talk endlessly about the meaning of the church, but what this project is looking at especially is bringing back the true, the uh, original meaning of the church. It's not only uh, linked with the building as a physical object, but as a community, first of all. And in, in a way, it's, uh, if you like, it's uh, like kind of a revival of that um, church space when the nave of the church building used to be a gathering space for people, for villagers, for residents, uh, to socialize and bring back lively church. So, and uh, the second stage was to collect as much data as possible to um, interview uh, our informants and visit villagers. It's very pleasing to see the enthusiasm I've witnessed in this project from our participating churches, selected churches for the study, they're very happy and uh, engaging and really supporting, very interested in our project. So I visited about 40, uh, 41 villages, and uh, we are halfway through by pro- in, in producing case studies, which all of them will be available on our website. And the next stage uh, we are now fully engaged in is to design the uh, toolkit. We call it toolkit, which is actually a uh, community survey, which uh, will be split into two parts. Uh, the first one would be um, auditing and asking questions from the parochial church councils, the church management people who, who actually uh, bring all these ideas in action. And the second part will be uh, reaching out to these communities. So we're actually helping deaneries and parishes to identify existing opportunities. That's the main case of, that's the main goal of this second uh, exercise of this auditing and producing a toolkit. We want to, through the research, gather information that will be useful for the, for the Diocese of Ely. So, for example, we want to find out if there are any, is there any relationship between the size of the community, um, the number of worshippers and the, uh, the number of different uses for which the church building is, u- is used. Um, you mentioned earlier that many urban churches are already doing lots of creative things and many urban churches have a cafe. Um, But the cafe can only survive if there are enough people using that cafe. And it might seem an, an easy solution to establish a cafe in a church in a village that doesn't have a cafe 
but there might be very good commercial reasons why there isn't a cafe in that church. And so through the case studies and through the toolkit, we're hoping to try and find out if there are any relationships that can then better inform any advice that is given to rural small communities about what they could do with the church. I think what Helen's just said about the cafe is a very interesting point, actually. And and uh, I think we're moving away from the assumption that community use of church buildings is the only way in which communities can sustain them. Um, and that people express a value for these buildings sometimes, which isn't about using them. It's about them being there. And his, a historic church can have a sort of totemic value simply as, as an object. Um, an example of that, I would cite, probably is the church at Little Gidding, um, which is, is pretty much a site of pilgrimage uh, to, to the family that built it, the Ferrers, back in the 17th century. Um, and the idea that you would need to put a kitchen and a loo and underfloor heating and have Zumba classes in that church... First of all, I don't think anyone would go to them because there's very little village at all there. Um, and it, I think what you would do is is lose some of its historic significance without really gaining anything. And we, we accept that when you do something like Little Paxton, and as Helen said, you know, you remove some of the historic furnishings from the church. Yes, you are losing something, but you're gaining so much more. Um, whereas there are going to be some churches where it isn't worth losing things because you're not going to gain anything by it. And I think that's another important aspect to this project, finding that out. Exactly. And, it, and only by meeting the vicar meeting the community can we get any insight into what the different options are and what's appropriate well so once all of this is done and you've gathered your findings helen and team or jeffrey then what do you do with this information well, so from a diocesan point of view, the audit aspect of this, the bit that we get the churches to, to fill in, um, helps us to do the stuff that we do, which is to deploy a resource. Um, so there is a committee at the diocese uh, called, well, there are two, in fact, called the Archdeaconry Pastoral Committees, and they decide how much vicar goes where for example, and also how parishes are grouped together into what are called benefices. So as you probably know, in most rural areas now, um, one vicar has several to quite a lot of churches, depending on where they are. Um, and it would make a lot of sense for those to be arranged not based on um, when someone retires or uh, where the Vikings cross the river or something, but much more about how those settlements are today, how they relate to each other, where schools are, where shops and facilities are, so that so that a benefice can actually be a balanced thing, not a sort of accident of history. Um, and that will make it, it won't happen overnight, um, but it will make it much easier at the diocese and its sub-level, the deanery, to decide how resources are deployed from the centre. Um, at the local level, the reaching out to the 97%, that is the, well, I still describe it prosaically as a marketing exercise. It is, it is, and it's the first time most churches would have done it. It's them shaping their product to fit the local market. So uh, Helen and I worked for quite some time um, on, on getting the project really to reflect the aims of the uh, strategy for the diocese. And, and what, what we found really interesting is when, when we put it out for funding, it actually attracted some quite varied interest from different funders. 
Um, so our two key external funders are the All Churches Trust, um, who are the parent company of Ecclesiastical Insurance, um, and they have a, a really strongly Christian missional aim, and, and they felt our project fitted very strongly with that. At the same time, we, we got interest from Historic England, which is the government agency for the protections and, and future sustainability of the nation's heritage. Um, and they come at it from a very cultural and secular uh, viewpoint. And I think the fact that the project attracted both of those funders was for us very significant and a kind of vindication that we'd really got it right. That was Geoffrey Hunter from the Diocese of Ely and he was joined by Dr Helen Hall and Dr Timor Alexandrov, both from the Cambridge Judge Business School. You can find out more about the REACH Ely Project and the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation by searching for us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and YouTube.